I must start today's proceedings um, with a correction and an, an apology, really, um, to the late, great Nicky Lauda. Um, I know the podcast I put out on Monday was exclusively F1, so that this one would be not F1 related, but there will be some F1 chat. But in that last podcast, I, I discussed, um, obviously, Max Verstappen winning um, his third consecutive world championship and even in the the podcast previous to that um, I was discussing um, multiple world champions and those who have won three or more and in both those instances I left out the late great Um, so I'm reaching for a napkin because I've spilled coffee Um, I am driving as well as you can probably hear Um, again driving home from work so I'm uh, trying to use my time wisely Um, yeah I left out the late great Nicky Lauda who obviously won three world championships Um, and not only did he win three world championships he obviously did so after sorry excuse me burping again because I'm doing this straight after having lunch Um, he won his second one obviously after the tragic um, not tragic he he survived but the the, the terrible accident that nearly took his life um, at the Nürburgring um, so he won twice with Ferrari but then also he did the great thing that I, I'm hoping um, Max Verstappen will do at some point um, by uh, winning a world championship with a second team and you know after a comeback from an, uh, an initial retirement because he came back in 1984 um, to McLaren uh, as teammates with the up and coming uh, Alain Prost who also went on to win three world championships sorry four world, world championships um, yeah, he came back in 1984 and, and beat Alain Prost winning a third world championship so wherever you are Nicky I sincerely apologise I am ashamed of, of myself and I have let you down um, I'm ashamed of myself because my Formula 1 knowledge should be better than that off, off, off the cusp and, um, and yes I let down one of, the, one of the legends of the sport so I wanted to start off proceedings with that um, yeah so I'm, I'm, I'm driving um, I didn't actually scroll through uh, my, my motoring week, which I normally write down. Um, I'm trying to think of things that I do. I, I didn't do anything particularly uh, spectacularly automotive. Um, I haven't. I still, I'm still carless. Um, I didn't do any. Didn't go to any particular uh, events. I'm going to roll this window because it's bringing in some noise. Um, did I see any cool, cool stuff? Um, on Monday, I saw I saw two classic minis. One was a 30th anniversary, a, a 1990 plate uh, 30th anniversary, and then I saw one which I think was a 1971 in a lovely kind of vibrant green mini. Um, other interesting cars I've seen over the last while. Um, I really should check this up because I'm recording on my phone now. I can't go back through my uh, through my photos. Um, it, it's all. If you're listening to this, you follow me on Instagram, car underscore no sore, C-A-R underscore N-O-S-A-U-R. Um, you would have seen everything already. And if you haven't, it's probably all up in my highlights, stories, or whatever you call it anyway. Um, so that was thing I'll talk about. Um, I'll, start with, I'll start with motoring news, I suppose, because it's been a pretty quiet, uh, a pretty quiet week uh, in, the, in the world of the news. Um, I see Kia have um, displayed some of their upcoming uh, electric cars, the EV3 and the EV4, um, which is one, one's a small crossover, one's a big saloon. Um, yeah, like really embracing the whole angular 
future, retro futuristic design that their uh, sister company um, Hyundai have embraced with the, with the uh, Ionic Five and Six. Um, it's mad. I, the, um, I can't. I can't remember which one's which. Which one's the, which one's the EV3 and which one's the EV4. But the the large saloon one. Um, they've managed to make circular wheels look triangular, which is that's a feat in itself. Um, yeah, look look them up. They're interesting. I wouldn't say necessarily good looking, but interesting looking cars. Um, you know, the Koreans are are on a roll, but I do fear they're they're at, they're at that point where they're like they're. They've gone on such a meteoric rise that an imminent crash may also not be far um, from their sides. But I'm mostly wrong. Um, They're going to dominate for the next decade or so Um, until the Chinese take over. Um, What else has there been? Uh, What have I got written down here? Uh, Oh, yeah, the the Mini Mini launched uh, some of their new uh, variants, which will be EVs, of course. Um, the regular one, the regular Mini, um, looks uh, pretty decent. It's the best looking one since the original new Mini, I would say. Um, although, for some reason, the one they displayed had tiny little wheels on it. Um, underwheeled, if you will. Um, cute looking thing. But then, they also launched the the new EV Countryman, um, which the Herald is. It'll have an EV range of 287 miles. Um, which, yeah, that's okay, I guess. Um, it's going to cost 42,000 sterling start at 42,000 sterling which seems like a lot of money so it's 60 grand basic over here and then obviously if you spec it up a bit I'm sure it's going to cost a lot more than that but so like obviously like countrymen's of past which you know have had challenging styling in, in their own right um, they have, but they have been quite closely related uh, visually to the to the normal hatch but they've kind of gone um They've, they've tried to uh, differentiate this uh, new countryman from the uh, from the hatchback a bit, and uh, it looks goddamn ugly. Um, it doesn't have circular lights, which is odd to me. Well, why you would move away from such a, a mini trademark? Um, the, the old clubman, uh, obviously being an exception. Um, yeah, I've, it looks terrible. It's, it's a hard, like I said, it, it's a tricky one to get right anyway. God, they've really gone down the wrong path with us again. Give give it a Google. Horrendous looking thing. Uh, there's a new Suzuki Swift. That's all I have to say about that. Um, no, no, the, the Swift has always been a, a, a cool little car. Suzuki make good cars, and they're always fun to drive. Um, but this one, it's it's not a it's not leaps and bounds different to the ones replacing, just slightly uglier, which is never a good thing. Um, but you know, it's hard, it's hard to it's hard to dislike the Swift. Um, what the hell does that say? Oh yeah, I'll get to that in a moment. Um, so yeah, I want to talk about because um, that's really that's, that's, there hasn't been a whole lot of new cars launched late uh, recently, last week uh, since the last spoke to y'all. Um, but a news story that came through today, I, I came through on, on the Guardian. I noticed um, there was a scientific study if, if that's the correct term um, there was a study done anyway about the, the treatment of uh, climate change protesters within Europe and how there seems to be an ongoing trend of uh, of them being mistreated and the uh, this, I thought there was a statue of a of a husky dog but it's actually a real husky he was standing so still beautiful beautiful, beautiful husky dog it's chained up, which I don't know if it's a customer or he's a guard dog for what is called 
sunroomsolutions.ie uh, here on the uh, on the nice road. What's talking about? Oh yeah, the protesters. Um, how there's a worrying trend about how they're being stigmatised and how um, governments are seem to be uh, inventing laws to um, to, to penalise these protesters. Um, with one example of, of two two lads who who uh, blocked uh, a motorway overpass in the UK who have been sentenced to three years in prison, which admittedly is a very very harsh penalty um, for 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 such a such a what, what they're now claiming is a crime I would I would be very wary about calling these things crimes um, you should be allowed to protest absolutely um, putting someone behind, behind bars for three years for something like that when there are much more heinous crimes where people are getting lesser sentences be it drugs or abuse um, the only thing I, I, I did take umbrage with on uh, in the article uh, from this study was that they're saying that these are non-violent crimes, um, which is a, a bit of a stretch. Like uh, they're not attacking people in, in that sense of violence, but you know, park, gluing yourself to a road or disrupting a sporting event creates an atmosphere of tension. Um, you know, it, 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 road rage is a thing anyway, um, and. You know, gluing yourself to a road only escalates that, um, and then like disrupting a sporting event where people could be, you know, it's not un- uncommon where people could be full of alcohol. Now I'm not, I'm not, you know, putting blame on on the protesters for the actions of others taking their aggression out on the protesters, but you know, you piss on a wasp's nest. You know what I mean? These things will happen. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's all non-violent. Um, they're using quite aggressive means to protest. Again, I, I try not to make this a political podcast anyway, and you know, I know it's quite um, hypocritical for someone who's talking about cars to to go on about uh, climate change and and climate change protesters being a bad thing. But the way they are conducting themselves is being a nuisance. It's and and it's. It's not well thought through. I do agree they should be allowed to protest. I, I fully agree that climate change is a, is, a, is, a, is a pressing and and a very important issue that we need to deal with right now. Um, but there are better ways to approach it, both from the protesting side and from the way that the that governments and law enforcement seem to be reacting to the protesters. Just wanted to get that off my chest. Um, in slightly less uh, <laughs> serious news, but also serious in the world of Formula One, I didn't mention this on my Formula One um, episode the other day. Um, obviously, the uh, the FIA have granted the um, the uh, they've um, given the green light to the Andretti application uh, to become the eleventh Formula One team on the grid. Um, now that doesn't mean it's going to happen because. Um, the FIA have to sign it off and then FOM who are the commercial rights holder they have to sign it off the FIA have signed it off because they believe that they've that the Andretti have met the criteria needed um, from a sporting perspective to create a team and um, they have the resources they have the know-how um, so they feel that's all good the problem is is the FOM side which also is getting a lot of pushback 
from the teams. Um, basically, long and short of it is the teams don't want to divvy up the financial pie that they have currently, um, which seems quite greedy. Now, I do I do agree with some of the arguments. Uh, James Vells, who's the current team principal for Williams, and obviously one of the teams that is been quite uh, financially hit over the last few years and is currently in a rebuilding phase. Um, you know, he was pushed quite hard by Sky F1 about the issue. Um, I, I, I see some of his, his arguments about how he's, he is looking to, you know, the team has been making losses over the last few years they, because they are investing and, you know, an 11 team coming in, you know, will dilute um, the pie. But there is a dilution fund in place, which is currently at two hundred million dollars, which Andretti, 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 Andretti would have to pay. Sorry, taking a sip of coffee, um, which would have to pay to fulfil their role if, if they were granted um, uh, granted uh, entrance into the world of Formula One. Um, so yeah, there, there there are some arguments that I, I can I can understand, but it's very much. Um, it seems greedy to me. Um, I think Andretti would be a great, great addition to um, to the Formula One uh, grid. Um, you know, it's, it's a great name. They've achieved a lot in motorsport over the years, both in F1 and IndyCar and, and other forms. Um, so yeah, I think that Jesus Christ, people can't use motorways. Good Lord. Um, sorry. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's un, it seems unlikely that the FOM side of things, due to pushback from the teams, um, it doesn't. I, it seems like they probably won't grant. And I roll my window because I'm onto the, on the motorway now. Although, like, it's gotten a lot cooler. We had a very warm, a warm snap there at the beginning, of, at the end of last week and the start of this week, an unusually warm snap. And we, when I did my outdoors podcast, and there's a cool what's that a Toyota. Japanese version of a Corolla Estate early 90s all JDM modified again if I wasn't recording with my phone I would have taken a picture of that um, anywho um, yeah but it's, it's starting to get cooler again um, so pleasant day today the sun is shining and it's about 15 degrees at the moment so it's not super cool it was very it was cool this morning it was 6-7 degrees earlier this morning um, and, and the forecast for the weekend is single digits um, like down as far as 2 or 3 degrees in the evening time um, anyway completely getting off topic uh, yeah the end of the, I, it doesn't seem like um, the FOM side um, are going to uh, are going to grant Andretti which will be sad um, as I think it'll be a great addition and the reasons for them not being allowed in seem a little bit petulant um, but there you go um, that's that is me, me, that's pretty much the, the guts of the news um, element let's just ramble on about this will probably be a relatively short episode because obviously I rambled on about Formula 1 um, on Monday and it's been a quiet week but I just I noted out some things that I just wanted to discuss um, first thing and it's not the first time I've seen something like this I was behind behind an Audi A3 um, it was a 6 year old it was, it was a 172 reg if I remember correctly Audi A3 the, the other morning again a, a bright sunny day and um, and the person in front had the wipers on at you know not intermittent the first constant wipe again as the sun's splitting the sky 
they weren't fogged up their windscreen or anything like that now it's not to say that you know a VAG product um, couldn't be experiencing an electrical gremlin um, it most certainly could be but this looked like to be a very good condition not particularly old Audi A3 and it just it it struck me that the person driving the car had their windscreen wipers on and wasn't aware that they were on Um, and I've seen this before and it really makes you wonder if someone doesn't notice that going on what else are they not paying attention to while they're driving a vehicle Um, and in in that same stretch again it's kind of off topic but something else I wanted to touch on um, of people just being completely oblivious of their surroundings people driving cars is very bad if they're being oblivious but the one that this one again I think I might have mentioned this before but unnecessary use of pedestrian lights at crossings the one that got me though that this one where this one was it was a fucking cyclist again I'm not anti-cyclist I, I am one myself but this was a full on light up on his carbon bicycle guy who unnecessarily used a set of, of, of lights he got to a, a junction of a clear road pressed the button again on a bicycle um, this man was using the roadway but because he wanted to cross he said he'll use the he'll use the pedestrian part to cross because um, he wants to have the best of both worlds um, he pressed the button realised there was nothing coming and then by the time I got to the lights it had turned red cunt and again this is something that is not new this happens all the time assholes coming up to pedestrian lights in just autopilot pressing the button without looking left or right pressing the button realising the road is fucking free crossing and then when the fucking you get to the fucking lights it goes red for no fucking reason you are stopped and the people behind you are stopped for no fucking reason grinds my fucking gears speaking of traffic lights one thing I've also noticed of recent um, they're not It's this isn't um, uh, it's not mass rolled out yet and I, I don't think it's going to be everywhere but I've noticed a steady increase of these these little orbs at the top of uh, traffic lights at some junctions and what they are is there's some sort of like radar that scans to see if someone is at that junction and otherwise the lights won't change now the thing is these have just kind of come out of nowhere I said like I'm seeing an ever increasing number of them I've seen one or two and now I've seen like five or six knocking around there's one up in, in around the uh, like near Temple Street um, hospital and there's one out in uh, near Bowmount and a few others scattered around I don't know if this, this is going to become a mass market thing, but I haven't noticed any um, public information about these. And because of that, there are, I, I've been stuck behind a few people who don't realise it's a thing, and like two or three cycles of lights go through at a junction, but the one that we're at doesn't change because they're not close enough to the line and the radar's not picking up that there's a car there. Again, can't blame the end, the, the, the motorists here. I wasn't aware of it. I, I only found out about them because like the one that I was talking about it's out in an industrial estate out near Bowmount and I was slightly far back from the line which again you know move up as far as you possibly can slap on the wrist to me but like the light wasn't changing and it was only because the guy in the band then came out from behind me and goes like oh you have to move forward that, that sensor there it, uh, won't, won't change the lights unless you move forward so that's how I know about it um, so like you know just I don't know if anyone else listening to this has seen or heard of these 
Um, maybe I'm giving a public service announcement now. But again, like, how can you, how could you implement something like that? Like, not even have a sign up on the pole to say, you know, you need to move forward because um, this is a, you know, a sensor-operated traffic light or whatever. Um, nonsense, absolute fucking nonsense. Um, oh, speaking of nonsense and, and misinformation, uh, the budget was on was it Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday, I think. So I'm gonna take a sip of my coffee again. So the budget was on, um, and to preempt um, any uh, protest and violence um, after recent uh, ongoings at Leinster House um, with protesters and the the, 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 the risk uh, of safety of, of, of TDs, um, they decided they were going to block off all around Merrion Square. And then on the, over the other side as well, on um, Dawson Street, isn't it? The other side of Leinster Houses. Um, for the day of the budget, um, in, case, in case there was any backlash. So there was a lot of big guard presence, and all the roads were blocked off. But again, they didn't tell anybody, and there was no signage to say this was happening. So traffic on Tuesday in the city centre was absolutely insane. I had a delivery uh, on Messwell Road, and then I had to go up to Marion Square to go to the Department of Equality of all places, um, which is just up from Leinster House. Um, and to get from the Mesville Road to as close as I could get, because it was all um, it was all closed off, um, to the Department of Equality, it took me an hour and a half, which normally that would be a journey of maybe ten minutes uh, in the in the early morning during traffic, an hour and a half. Now, had I been aware they were closing the roads, I would have taken an alternate route, or you know, we would have organised something something different for that delivery. Um, but no. And then, like, even when you approached it, it's only when you got to Marion Square, um, were you were you made aware that um, the roads were closed? So again, another uh, you know, little bit of miscommunication. I'm parked. I'm home. I'm turn off my engine. Um, yeah, another piece of absolute nonsense um, from the councils and um, the government and everyone else who's in charge with these things. Uh, rambly, 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 rambly. Um, I, haven't, I haven't got much too much more to say. Um, I don't think I've been recording particularly particularly long. Uh, Twenty minutes. Yeah, so this will be short enough. Twenty-two minutes. Um, what else was I going to say? Uh, oh yeah, just, just a last little observation. Um, again, something I've seen an awful lot. Mis, uh, misaligned, um, misapplied, uh, mismounted, whatever way you want to put it, uh, L-plates on cars. And then people who managed to... The one that, that triggered this for me to write it down in my notes here was... Um, it was a one. I can't believe it was L plates on such a car, but it was a, it were almost brand new uh, uh, Mercedes GLC or whatever, one of those kind of coupe fucking four by four crossover jobs. Um, it it had it had a an L plate that was obviously supposed to be stuck to the inside of the rear window and um, stuck to the outside, and it was stuck to the outside with sellotape. Um, and then you get people who 
who obviously can't understand perspective. Now, look, maybe it's a form of dyslexia or something. Like, I'm not going to, you know, there might be reasons for it. But surely when you get out and look and go, oh, well, that's not right. So I've seen people, you know, with them with them backwards, upside down, up, you know, as I say, like, outside when they should be on the inside. Um, you know, the, the magnetic ones, again, stuck to stuck to, to windows. My own mother once, who is, she is, how old is my mother? I'm 37, so she'd be 77. Um, and she's been driving for 30, 30 plus years and has yet to get her uh, full license. Uh, one of the times she failed her driving test uh, was because, again, she tried to stick um, L plates that were due to be stuck on the inside of the window. She tried to stick them on the outside. And while she was driving to the test center, although she should have her L plates up all the time, she did, doesn't. Um, she tried to stick them onto the rear window, drove off, and then obviously they fell off um, on the way to the test center. Um, yes, no, my mother, um, her, her current provisional license is out of date, and we've kind of had a chat that um, she probably should just hang up her keys. Um, not the worst driver in the world. Um, if she doesn't pass her test, is mostly a self-confidence thing. Um, but her advancing years um, also isn't um, improving her skills, so... Um, yeah, might, might be time for her. She doesn't go particularly very far. It's just, I know it's it's a, it's a tough conversation to have. You know, it is taking away someone's independence a little bit. Um, but look, my my mother's in great sound mind and health. Um, don't get me wrong, but yeah, it might be time for her to 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 hang up her racing boots. Um, yeah. So yeah, don't really have a whole lot else to say. Um, getting obviously my my massive Formula One chat, which was, was nearly a forty five minute long podcast about one Grand Prix. Um. That's a slow thing down. I don't think there's any motorsport on this weekend. I'm not sure about the WRC, but I, don't, I think there's a little bit of a gap until the next WRC round. Haven't been keeping up to date with the Elmoto GP too much, so that could be on this weekend. And we also have obviously had the the quarterfinals of the Ruby World Cup. Um, Ireland playing New Zealand on Saturday, and um, that should be an exciting game. Um, I think you'd have to say that's probably the biggest game in Irish rugby history um, coming up. I don't think we ever made it to the quarterfinals of the, of the World Cup before, and if we have, we haven't been up against a team of, of such a high calibre as as New Zealand. Um, I think we, we've beaten New Zealand the last three times we played them, haven't we? Um, but anyway, that should be an exciting game. Um, so that's on at the weekend, of course. Um, so I'll, I'll wrap up with my normal uh, bunch of nonsense. Um, my classified find of the week. Um, it's a 1.1 litre. Uh, Citroen Saxo, which I, I'm sure some people will go like, that's not particularly exciting. But one, a friend, me and a, a friend of mine were um, discussing after uh, Johnny Smith did a, an auction walk around video there recently where there was a mint uh, Saxo um, VTR um, for sale. I was like, you know, Saxos used to be everywhere and now you never see one. And then the next day I actually saw a black, um, just a regular one litre. But, uh, but then, yeah, so th- th- this popped up on, on Done Deal. Um, it's a it's got 89,000 miles on it. Um, it's in Carlo. Um, it's red. Now, the paint has faded dreadfully. Um, but it's got an NCT until May next year. It's so 89,000 miles. Citroen Saxo. 1,350 euro. And, you know, look, I'm sure there's a little bit of wiggle room there. Great little car because they, they weigh something like 750 kilos or something. Um, it's, you know, light little French car. Um, again, I don't know why I'm telling people about this. I should probably buy this car. Um, it's a facelift. I can't remember exactly what year it is. It's a facelift, so it must be early millennium. Um, but yeah, check that out. Um, again, not many Saxos up on Dundee, so I'm sure you'll find it. 
uh, pretty easily. And um, we don't have a YouTube channel to uh, push this week, but uh, something that is on YouTube and I watched the other evening because I haven't watched it in years and it, it holds up. Uh, the Butcher Boy, the entire movie, is up on um, is up on YouTube. Uh, so yeah, just if, I think if you search Butcher Boy, it comes up possibly as one of the first results. Um, and even if it doesn't, just type in Butcher Boy and just filter the duration to long. Uh, look up there, perfect quality, um, full movie, excellent. Uh, I say it holds up. Um, I don't say I read the book and be cultured, but I haven't. I've only ever watched the movie. Um, I hear the book is brilliant, but the movie is also brilliant. Um, so if you haven't watched The Butcher Boy in years, or if you've never seen The Butcher Boy, check that out. It's up on YouTube. And again, I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend a full album. Um, this week for my music recommendation. Um, it came out three years ago. It's it's Fiona Apple's most recent album. When it first came out, I got absolutely addicted to it. I, I think I listened to it for about six or seven months straight. And then obviously, you know, time moves on. No more music comes out. And then one of her, one of the songs off it came on shuffle. And um, when I was listening to my streaming there the other day, I was like, God, I forgot how good that album is. So I started listening to it again. Um, it's called Fetch the Bolt Cutters. It's the name of the album, Fiona Apple. Um, if you have to pick a track, go for the title track, Fetch the Ball Cutters. Um, if you enjoyed that, you enjoy the rest of the album. Um, it's brilliant. Fiona Apple is, is an exceptional artist. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to, have to drone on about now uh, for this week's um, uh, podcast. Um, as ever, if you have listened, um, yes, it is as dreadful as always. Um, I do apologize if you listen to the Formula 1 one. Um, it being outside, um, there was an awful lot of background noise and the, the impact of walking... Um, and my, my breath, I was off the album holding the microphone too close to my to my to my face at, at points, so it did get a lot of a, a bit of wind noise and 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 I don't have a pop shield um, on my on my phone, so there was a bit of <laughs> going into the microphone and stuff. Um, so I do apologise for that. Um, I'll probably st- I'll probably stray away from doing the uh, the walking around outdoor broadcasts too much uh, unless I get some sort of mammothly expensive high quality microphone um, but as I say if, if you have been listening as always I love you and until next time be safe be well and I'll talk to you again soon bye